Welcome to Media Business. My name is Tony Conley. This is the Michigan Business Network, and we've got a great, great guest today on our pod. James Craig was born and raised in Detroit. His father was a veteran of the U.S. Army, served as a reserve police officer because of that fact, did James Craig. He was actually a reserve police officer during the 1967 Detroit riot. We'll touch base about that a little bit. Chief Craig graduated from Cass Tech High School. Everybody has heard of Cass Tech. <laughs> he joined the police department in 1977. He was laid off in 81 due to budget constraints. So he moved out to L.A. where he joined the LAPD, where he became a command officer. He was chief of police in the city of Portland, Maine, as well as for the Cincinnati Police Department. In 2013, Chief Craig was asked by Governor Rick Snyder to serve as the 42nd chief of police to the city of Detroit. And I don't know why. We're going to find out why the Chief <laughs> Craig is running for governor of Michigan. Chief, how are you, sir? Man, I'm doing great. This has certainly been a journey. You know, after 44 years of public service in law enforcement, I think that prepares me in so many ways. But I really love the profession. The best part of my profession was on the last eight years back home here in Detroit. Coming full circle, that in and of itself is a story. Really blessed to have had 44 great years. Many people can't say they work a profession that they loved, but I loved it. And so I guess the major question is, well, if you loved it so much, why did you jump out and go into what they're now calling a blood sport? And I'm starting to see why they call it a blood sport. You know, <laughs> we can talk a little bit about the media. You know, when I came back to Detroit, especially having, you know, served in the LAPD for almost three decades, as I worked my way back to Detroit, I got a nickname. They called me Hollywood Craig. <laughs> they said that I never met a camera I didn't like, but it was more strategic than that. I will tell you, it really was about communicating with the community, with the people I serve as a public servant, to let them know, hey, this is what we're doing. The community was dissatisfied with the Detroit Police Department. The Detroit Police Department was dissatisfied with how they were treated. So coming in from Cincinnati... I had a pretty heavy lift. But you know what's interesting? I'm going to digress for a moment because, you know, I said I'd never been a politician. Never wanted, had no desire to be a politician. You know, having worked in local governments and seeing what I saw on a local level, I thought politics stunk. I just wanted to go about the work of serving people. I guess my first little blush with politics, and this was during the Rodney King incident. I was a sergeant then. I was the president of the Oscar Joe Bryant Foundation. It was a black police association in L.A. So you can imagine, and I know you were in California at some point, you could imagine international national media converged on Los Angeles because they really wanted to understand what it was like being a black police officer in this iconic LAPD. That was my first blush. And then certainly later on, as I ascended and became chief in three cities, I recognized early in my career the importance of working closely with the media and how you can communicate effectively with the people you serve. So I got the nickname, Hollywood Craig, which is kind of interesting. Well, let's go back a little bit. As I mentioned, 
we've kind of traveled the same circles in regards to where we've lived and worked. I was raised in Studio City, California, grew up in Mount Clemens, Michigan. I love Detroit, raised by a single parent. I'm a mixed race uh, man. The black side of me does not want reparations. The white side of me is not woke. I feel like a lost soul because I'm a humble journalist trying to find his way. And that brings us to the media. How does the media cover law enforcement and crime in America from your perspective, Chief? Well, I got to tell you, it has quickly changed. And I'll go up to 2020. I know that in my years of policing, police departments were basically adverse to talking to the media. In fact, you probably are fully aware, no comment, no comment. And I came at a different time, particularly as chief of police, no comment doesn't work for people who you're serving. And it's almost like if you say no comment, you got to be hiding something. It makes me think about Laquan McDonald in Chicago, the young African-American young man that was shot in the back by Chicago police. That was a while ago. You might also remember that then Mayor Rahm Emanuel was seeking reelection. He did get reelected. But here's what we know. That video was not released for over a year. I know there were several FOIA requests. And then after Rahm was elected, the video by design had to be released. It was released. And so when you think about Chicagoans and the impact that had to them, how do you trust a governmental agency, in this case, municipal government, talking about the mayor, the police chief, nobody talks about this shooting, this officer-involved shooting, and he releases it after he gets reelected. What message is it saying? I would tell you definitively, when you look at 2020 around our country, and some of the outside agitators that came in many of our cities mm-hmm. and were able to incite violence, much of it had to do with the fact that these communities didn't have a relationship with their police department. And when you think about Chicago, that mayor, because he was a political servant, not a public servant, he was more concerned about getting reelected. All right. So, Chief, I want to put a check mark there. We got to go to break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you, is the media fair and balanced when talking about crime, poverty and the southern border? I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Chief James Craig, who's running for the governor's job here in the state of Michigan. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. something to grow it takes time like the equity in your home that's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit because frequent watering of your house plants may be recommended now can we get a new roof not so much the rest of the house want the best rates for a home equity line of credit ask for LaughQ stop in today or go to laughq.com slash home equity LaughQ your credit union for life Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Chief James Craig. Chief, 
is the media fair and balanced when it comes to how it covers crime, poverty, and the southern border? From my perspective, I don't think enough of the media is talking about that. What do you think? I say it is not fair. And there's two facets here, and I can give specific examples. So let me talk about at the national level. And you talked about open borders. President Biden, vice president, have gotten a pass that I've never seen in my adult life. We have open borders with human trafficking, sex trafficking, fentanyl coming in at an alarming rate in our country. Even during the midst of a pandemic, the fact that these migrants were coming in unmasked, not checked, and it depends on the media that you go to. I happen to be on Fox National or Fox Business the majority of the time talking about a variety of issues, but the MSNBC, CNN, blip. They don't show Why, why aren't they covering that, Chief? Because we are so divided as a country. Let's talk about partisan politics. Let's talk about the fact that most of the media, not all, most of the media leans left. And because it leans left, they're going to cover the left a certain way, even the radical left. I'm talking about those progressives that spew out the rhetoric of defund the police, dismantle the police. So I'll give you another example. So that's we're talking about at the national level. Let's talk about the state. We're talking about Michigan. Let's talk about Whitmer's response to squandering away $8.4 million, you know, unemployment insurance agency. It was done very quietly. The director resigned. He was given uh, roughly $85,000. I guess you call it severance. I call it hush pay. He goes away. The taxpayers, Michiganders, never got a response. Not one response other than, okay, we got problems. We're going to try to recoup the $8.4 million. Give you another example. How about what the Auditor General's report revealed concerning seniors in long-term health care facilities? I don't know about you, but there was undercounting. There was a report generated from that. And once again, crickets. Let me just say this. As police chief, not in one, but in three cities, I could have never said no comment or just didn't respond. I'm telling you four different situations national level, Chicago, the great state of Michigan, and the media gives a pass. Yeah, they're running a story on it. It might be a day or two story. Mm -hmm. James Craig would have never gotten away with tossing the media away. Chief, what are the differences between you and Gretchen Whitmer? Let me start with leadership. When you are a leader, you value people, but not just a leader. But when you're a public servant, see, I view our governor as a political servant. Not all politicians are political servant. Sadly, many are because they serve self in whichever way the political winds are blowing. This is why we see so much division today. I'm a unifier. I've demonstrated that as a chief of police, I bring people together because it's important to do that. Look, let's face it. When I came to Detroit going through bankruptcy, I had to engage in a real heavy lift. I knew to turn the city around, I needed to sit in rooms with folks I didn't necessarily get along with. I didn't like the police, but it wasn't about me. 
It was more about Detroit. And so that is the same issue with our governor. When this pandemic hit, you know, we talk about unification, that we really sit down and talk to Republican senators, Democrats, and come up with a solution based on science. Chief, why can't a Republican candidate seem to have any success when it comes to, because you're going to have to win Detroit, Flint, Saginaw, Ann Arbor, East Lansing, very Democratic, uh, liberal hotbeds. A Republican can't seem to make any inroads there. How can you change that? Well, got to tell you, we're in some very different times today. So many residents in Democratic enclaves like the Detroits and the Flints, they feel let down. So I see opportunity. But here's what's different about me as a GOP candidate. First and foremost, I live in Detroit. I am from Detroit. I was a chief of police for eight years in Detroit. I am branded in Detroit. Detroiters know me. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to get every African-American who's a Democrat. I'm going to get their vote. I'm going to try to earn their vote. But they knew what I did as a police chief. And I think that's going to go a long way. I will tell you right now, Whitmer's camp is concerned. Democrats are concerned. Look, if you're tied to, to President Biden, everybody needs to be concerned. Okay, when we come back, we're going to take another break here. When we come back, Chief, I'm going to ask you, what are going to be your first priority to uh, win the job? We're talking with Chief James Craig, who's running for the governor's job here in the state of Michigan. I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Your hibernation is over. The fairways have been cut. The greens have been rolled. Are you ready for some golf? We sure are with 81 holes of spectacular championship golf just waiting for you at Treetops. Book now and for a limited time, enjoy an overnight stay and unlimited golf starting at just $129 per person. Then top off your day with a relaxing massage in our spa, followed by a succulent steak and choice of over 80 craft beers in our sports bar. Call 888-TREETOPS. Visit treetops.com. Treetops, Michigan's most spectacular resort. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Chief James Craig. Chief, it's the day after the election. You won the governor's seat for Michigan. What are your first priorities? Well, you know, I'm going to follow the same template I followed when I came into Detroit, Cincinnati. Portland, Maine is chief of police. And people say, well, what does that have to do with being the CEO of the state? It has everything. Leadership's leadership. First and foremost, you have to fix the administration. If you don't fix the administration, you're not going to get the roads fixed. Oh, by the way, the roads are not fixed. So that's where leadership comes in. That's You know, Donald Trump tried to do the same thing, and that probably led to his downfall and his inability to get some things done. He did accomplish many things. How are you going to do that? How are you going to clean house? Well, you can clean house. It's called accountability. Look, I did it in the Detroit Police Department. People said it couldn't be done. The police department was broken for many years, but we got it done. Look, here's the other part of the, the equation. When there's a leader in the seat, people are more apt to follow that person. 
Here's what I know and what I've heard as I've traveled the state. Our governor is autocratic, dictator, vengeful. People don't respond to that. People respond to folks that can guide, empower them, create an environment of excitement. Those things matter. Before I do anything else, and I got to tell you, you got to fix the administration. You got to fix it. Now, there are platform issues that I'm certainly running on, but even with those, I'm not a party of one. And by the way, when people talk about, well, I'm going to cross the aisle, I'm going to bring Republicans and Democrats together. Here's what I'm starting to see as polling has been conducted. People are craving change. So I'm going to talk about the one that has gotten my attention because I don't get excited about polls. I'm a neophyte when it comes to this whole political thing. But here's what I know. With independence, one poll said I was 17% ahead of Governor Whitmer. Another poll with independence said I was 8% ahead of Governor Whitmer. That's an indication. These are folks that are not aligned with a party. They just want the right person in the seat to get the work done. All right. So you talk about fixing things. How are we going to fix the damn roads? Well, first of all, there was a great recent op-ed written on why the roads haven't been fixed. And it's to the point of everything I've said. First of all, the writer who did the research, since she ran on that, the roads are roughly 4% better today. In my mind, that's a big fat F, failure. The author also went on to say that the governor blames the Republican lawmakers for blocking. Well, you didn't run on that. You ran on fixing the roads. If you understood how to bring people together and meet halfway, hey, maybe the roads could have gotten fixed. Chief, how do we fix Michigan's urban schools, Detroit, Saginaw, Flint, other areas? They've struggled. Our kids are not learning. How do we fix that? You know, that's one of my platforms, and I'm passionate about education. We can teach critical race theory, which I vehemently reject. And you see what's going on in Florida with sex identification or gender identification. Let me tell you what. You hit the point right on the head. By way of example, in Detroit, public schools, only 8% can read by the time they're in third grade. In Flint, only 10% can read. We have to refocus how we approach the schools. First of all, it's not the special interest groups. It's not the unions. Parents are the stakeholders. Children must be focused. And you know what? If the public schools can't get it done, we just can't keep funding them. But we have to make sure parents, all parents, have school choice because parents want a great education for their children. Chief, I think one of the challenges we have in this country is the dissolving of the African-American family. I'm part of that. No father in the home. I see that as a critical component to fixing our communities and fixing our country. What's the solution to keep dads in the home or to help those homes that don't have dads in them? You know, that is a real challenge. And I'm not going to sit here and look you in the eye. I've worked in vulnerable communities for the most part of my career. I've seen children raised in single parent homes, no parents. I've seen children that are exposed 
to PTSD. So it's a complicated issue, but that doesn't mean we just throw our hands up and say we can't do it. It can be done. It needs to be done. When you have the right person in the seat, the right leader, magic always happens. Chief, how do we stop black on black crime, black on black murders? When I see what's going on in Chicago, it just gets you right here. We don't seem to be able to solve that. And I've heard many people talk about that. But how do we solve that? Well, it's a couple of ways. You know, certainly we have to be honest. Right now, the progressives who have the loudest voices on the left, they'll make you believe that, you know, what's killing our black community is police officers. That's an absolute lie. Police officers are not out daily getting involved in fatal officer-involved shootings, killing black men. I mean, let's face it. One deadly officer-involved shooting is tragic. It always is. But the majority of these officer-involved shootings are not criminal. There are exceptions, but it's in comparison. But what doesn't happen when you bring up the whole notion of Black-on-Black crime, who's killing Black men the most? Other Black men. If you bring it up, you're a racist if you're white. If you bring it up and you're Black, then you're naive and you're an Uncle Tom. Look, we have to create opportunities. Education can be the key of not becoming incarcerated. But the bottom line is this, we have to talk about it and we have to also address a broken criminal justice system. There needs and has to be consequences to your actions. Final question for you. I have an opinion on this, but mine doesn't matter nearly as much as yours. As someone who's a mixed race man, growing up, I was called light, bright, and almost white, spick, Hawaiian, other things that I dare not say on the air. But in your opinion, is America, is Michigan racist? I would say not. Let me just say this, and I'm not basing on my recent journey. Look, I'm not mixed race. Both my parents are black. But as you know, you look at me, uh, I'm of a lighter hue. You and I could pass for brothers. <laughs> yeah, we could. And oh, by the way, I have green blue eyes, depending on what mood I'm in. So uh -huh. who knows what I am? I remember when I went to Portland, Maine, you know, 98% Caucasian. It took them a couple of weeks to figure out, are you black? They didn't even know. But that said, you know, a little bit of humor. So, Here's what I know, and here's what you probably know. When we talk about discriminatory behavior, when I look back across my life, somebody likes me is more apt to engage in discriminatory treatment than someone who doesn't look like me, someone white. Have I ever been discriminated against? Yeah, of course. By someone white? Yes. Have I been discriminated by somebody in my own race? Yes, I have. <laughs> We have got to start talking about the elephant in a room. We just have to do that. And when we don't do it, and it makes some people very uncomfortable, because when I tell my story and I say, as I was ascending through the ranks, I got more attacks from black men. That's the reality. 
Chief, it's rhetoric. It did tours us from talking about how to solve our problems. And as you know, as well as anyone, because I've heard you say this many times, we have a lot more in common than we have in uncommon. And if we could find a way to bring the right over with the left, some are going to lose, some are going to win. Can we meet in the middle? You know, everybody's not going to agree, but let me just, and this is the one that point I wanted to close on, because I think it's important to say, we know Republicans, more white Republicans than there are Black. I've traveled the state of Michigan. Let me tell you what I know. I have met so many wonderful people since I started this journey last year, July. Wonderful people who are white. And let me tell you, they've embraced me. They've embraced me. I'm not saying all have. Of course not. That's not realistic, but the vast majority have embraced me. And guess what? It's not because I'm black. What they're looking at through the lens of he has the skill set to do what we need to get done in changing our state. We've been talking with Chief James Craig. He's running for the governor's job here in the state of Michigan, sir. I know you're busy. I appreciate your time greatly. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. I hope we do it again soon sometime. All right, sir. Thanks so much. All right, I'm Tony you. Conley. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.